Hi everyone, and welcome to the second part of the full album review for R.A. The Rugged Man's All My Heroes Are Dead project. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I will be your host as I guide you through the remaining tracks on this album. This is the Headspace Podcast, the show where we break down new hip-hop albums track by track, giving thoughts and opinions on every song. Like, as an example, R.A. The Rugged Man's All My Heroes Are Dead. So, I talked about the first eight tracks in the first uh, part of the review. I highly recommend you check that out first because it sets up the whole context but if you're like fuck it i'm here i'm gonna keep going that's dope um i stopped at track eight instead of halfway through because at that point that was all the lyrics that were up at this point there's only missing lyrics for one track so i said screw it i'm gonna do the rest of the review today and uh let's go i'm not gonna waste no more time let's talk about gotta be dope I feel like I'm being rude. I didn't ask how y'all are holding up through the isolation times myself. I had a very productive day. I worked on some music. I may have hurt my throat a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's just been good, man. I got my reading walk done. I start every day now. I walk around my apartment for about five kilometers and read. Anyway, just curious to know if y'all doing well. Let me know in the comments how you're holding up, if it's productive times or not, whatever. This track is produced by DJ Jazzy Jeff, or no, it's featuring DJ Jazzy Jeff, produced by MTK and C-Lance. But DJ Jazzy Jeff scratching and such on this is really delightful. I wanted to throw that out. The overall flow and of the beat is just really good. It's got this old timey, just just it just makes me want to bop my head, and I really appreciate the the, the feel of it. However, what I've seen at Afro is he does the super fast thing, which is cool. And RA takes this opportunity to also do the super fast thing, which is cool. But I've reached a point in my, like, I guess, music listening fandom where the super fast thing isn't anywhere near as interesting to me. And a lot of it is because I can rap really fast. If I take the time to learn the words, I could do this entire track. Do I really want to? No, I don't think it's a great use of time. I spent way too much time learning that Godzilla shit for no good reason at the end of the day, but I was able to do a, a bootleg grimy Godzilla challenge take. So for me, I guess it's just not as impressive when you're able to actually go ahead and do it. So I find the problem with the really fast rap is it's it's a lot of multi-syllabic filler words. So the one in particular bringing the fucking up so just the idea of particular like that extra word is it's not necessary you know i'm the one bringing the funk and flavor the way a rhyme it could have worked but to like add the more choppy syllable count you throw in a lot of extra big words that's what i'm trying to say this is just something i've noticed in general and it's why at a writing level i find this less interesting at a flow level it's super flossy and i can see how it hits particularly that niche and as far as this really fast rap type of shit goes it's fun but if we really look at what he's saying and i run a perimeter speaking to funny and beating up gum and taking a life and i be the one to beat him in a game of scrabble wonder why they thinking i'm ever so nice and i be the one who never caught up in a scandal and you know the froze just so precise and precise and what i'd be doing impossible i'm gonna abolish um all of them like when the button is pressed so like at a rhythmic cadence delivery level it sounds like ridiculously smooth and shit but if you were to like slow down what he's saying and play it at like a lower speed and just kind of lay these rhymes down i don't i don't think they're pretty next level i'll be honest i think they work because they're really easy to rap fast and what he's saying is he's dope and doesn't get into trouble and his shit's just precise and well done 
fair enough he's also super young so like i'm not trying to hate i think afro is extremely talented i think it's afro or do you say afro either way um i just that's all that there was to this it was like a really like super fast verse to it you know like i'm gonna turn into a killer any second i'm gonna stab and i'm gonna give into a mood and everybody better stay away move because anybody getting caught up in the show and i'll hit him with a strike another bleeding on the floor and then they got to be aware that they was fucking with the fro i mean it just doesn't sound like super intimidating or anything it kind of sounds like some shit i would expect on a strange music fast verse thing so i'm not like trying to I don't want to sound like I'm being like like dismissive of it. I just don't think the writing is particularly stellar. I think that's fair. He is an RA. He's also significantly younger. But I think that this reliance on this super fast flow almost makes it less important what you're saying. When I was younger and I got into like writing, a lot of what I did was this really fast shit because you can basically get away with a lot and trick a lot of audiences if you can rap. You can be off time. If you're really fast and people don't really notice or catch it unless they really like understand it and i'm not even trying to hate on afro he's completely on time his rapping is fucking tight he's super clear you can understand every syllable and it's very well delivered it's just with all of that it's not the most interesting bars i've ever heard that's fine then uh ra kicks in and he's like uh uh yo who something living never be the end of an era came with a vendetta we keep it in 80s i'm tougher than leather the ladies are showing me something endeavor like peter the piper been picking the pepper it's all right it's really fast and it punches well but again i'm in that same kind of like yeah this is just meant to be this like airy fucking fast verse you know i get to give it to a cervical injury kicking the walls when i live in the uterus fetus for moving and doing the stewardess something vanilla magilla gorilla the villain the villain the criminal killer attila the hum with a gun the menace to the public a pump the puppet political pundit um, so i like his use of alliteration that actually adds like a certain level of things and it's really cool from like the syllable com combining point of view but it's fine i think ra's is a little more interesting in his delivery because of lines like i'll pummel a puppet a political pundit because it's a commentary on basically how all of these pundits run up on the news land and just talk a bunch of bullshit so like i learned a lot about the world of political pundits this year and effectively they're a group of they're not reporters pundits are like opinion piece people so effectively they just drop a bunch of bullshit they're the kinds of people that would effectively be represented in some of the tracks when he's hating on censorship or political norms that are stupid so pundits often are the voice of the effectively wealthy pushing political narratives so like the lines are really dope there it's just the rest of it's kind of okay and then all of a sudden some really cool shit popped through like the better the battle the inability to meddle with the better veteran the heroin the medicine the venom with the medicine a regimen the betterman they better get a minute in him and i hit him in the head and get him living with the beatles singing let it be and like like it's just saying it is fun but it feels more like i'm saying a tongue twister rather than i'm saying a lot of things of like substantial whatnot is it dope to listen to absolutely yeah but at this point in time i feel like there is such a high level of saturation for super fast dope to listen to rap that this is the new 
a flow and trap music like this is that to me just just really fast vapid filler things it's why logic is not somebody you'll see reviewed on this channel it's why i didn't touch joiner it's because they do a lot of this shit that he's doing here so on the other hand do i think it's really fucking dope and is ra the rugged man showing his level of knowledge through the bars that he drops in as an example as he ends this you in the ocean with sharks and moses close an ocean part I'll burn you like Jonah Arcs. I sit you down like Rosa Parks. Those are great political and historical references to show his strength and his ability to even invoke knowledge and teach you some shit. But a lot of this is also fuck the gibbery, the gibberish, gibbery fast rapping too quick. What happened to the boom bit? You know, like fair enough like it's it's fine it's just kind of airy but i feel like with all the super substantive material we've gotten so far on this project and all the amazing tracks to come that we're still going to talk about content wise this one was a little bit lacking for me but it did exactly what it's supposed to do yes then there is the third verse where afro slows it down and he's like i'm the ra the rugged man mix with sean price i'm just a mix rakim came fiber will watch his environment etc list a bunch of references and then ra comes through and i like the fact that he slows it down i like the fact that he shows a different style and that is possibly my favorite part of the song is when afro slows down and you just hear this ill shit that that bounces like over the beat with his cool ass voice and shit and then ra does his last little verse and it's all right and then i like the the outro and it just kind of felt real hip-hoppy i like the calling out of influences and shits like mentioning schoolie d and ice t i love that side of this track i just felt the whole first two flash verses were what they were 4.35 on five sorry if this is two verbose for y'all that's totally okay though next track is called firstborn man this is sweet uh this track is to his daughter it comes through it's featuring novel who does the singing chorus and the little outro or verse three i guess the with the bridgey part of the track which is really it's just all really sweet this is super high on the corny but in like the kind of dad dad joke-esque way where I, I don't know that I could get away with writing some shit without a kid if I tried to pull this off, but you just feel this like super sincere, open letter to his daughter, which really just touched my heart listening to it. Like he is the rugged man, but yo, this is what it's like. He was on a downslide, the direction I was heading, I'll never forget it. The day your mother told me she was pregnant, went to YouTube, Joe to see forever my lady. I danced around the house singing, so you have it, my baby. That's funny, right? Like, he's super excited. You just picture him there as he, like, proceeds to tell the story of how she gets pregnant and then the daughter gets born on January 7th, the, the day that his father died, which is, you know, a sad coincidence and it's, like, kind of whack. It's kind of like how the baby had an album go number one the day his uh, father died, or I think it was his father that died. And then, you know, he kind of expresses how he didn't, uh, he kind of found himself through the birth of his daughter. He didn't exist before this and he just kind of, like, you know move through it move past you know all the bullshit you know now he's tear dropping so he moves from like eight months old i had you on the stage rocking already got you throwing uppercuts watching boxing i'm used to knife fights big guns and shit started now i shed a tear dropping you off at kindergarten i love you so he kind of shows the transition of having like this crazy wild life but then there's his daughter coming through and it's like moving past all of this violent and crazy shit towards you know being a dad doing dad shit then in the second verse, he kind of expresses, he's, you know, your daddy is the dirty, filthy, crustified creature. Your mommy is the dedicated, educated school teacher. 
I like a song I wrote on a softer note, gave my life some sort of hope when the water broke and my daughter woke, the happiest times in our entire life until it turned to fight after fight, screaming, yelling every night. So we get the sense in the second verse that after his daughter's bored, he tried to give it a go with the, the mom. It didn't work out, turned into fights and shit. It kind of gets to the point where they're separating. He's feeling dead inside. But at the same time, he's left with his dedication to his daughter at the end of the verse where he's, you know, he'd kill for her. He'd do all this shit. He loves her. But at the end of the day, it's like being super honest about the history of everything that happened leading up to the moment where the parents separated but he still left with her then you get the chorus which is corny it's fine i don't even have anything to say about it uh then you got novels beautiful verse you know hold up i missed you growing up but think about you every time i sleep so this is where you picture like ari on the road doing his life where like his kids at home and you know he's kind of missing all the significant moments he thinks about her all the time he's been gone for ages and whatnot but you know He's Caesar and she's beautiful and it's just really nice, you know, it's really nice. And he's a fighter and a lover. I like that line and it's just great, you know. And then it's like it ends on just and never let a man treat you like you ain't sunshine. Like it's just positive note or whatever. And the whole verse is song from this joyful thing. Like Ari wasn't able to even deliver it himself because he needed something more beautiful to express his current state of mind and i really thought it was a great thing but then it's just like he's like yo i know this song's supposed to be over but you're my daughter i gotta give you one more verse and this verse is just hilarious you know i love you but get your ass home before curfew so now it's like he's projecting ahead and then if a man doesn't treat you right he doesn't deserve you you're still precious in a world that's sexist rest just rest assured the queen's the most powerful piece on a chessboard so what a powerful line to his daughter right like pointing out that yeah the world's fucked up it might be unfair but just remember at the end of the day you have that power look who the strongest is at the end of the day you know be yourself be independent you know don't make sex tapes or i'll murder your boyfriends it's fucking hilarious right it's just this honest dad shit he'll come to the school and fight anybody for her and then at the end of the day if somebody doesn't treat her right Put your knee in his nuts, your finger in his eye sockets, gouge it out, protect yourself, be violent, take that gun, I bought you out the purse, cock it, I love you. So it's like he's going to make sure his daughter is able to protect herself and... I really like that. I really like this whole experience of this song. I think it's really beautiful. It's still a corny song to his kid, so I'm giving it a 4.35 just because... I'll almost never listen to it. It's just kind of, again, in the sense of a certain emotion and he does it extremely well. But I would show this shit to like my mom to convince her Ari the Rugged Man is absolutely dope. Anyway, let's move on to track 11 on this project, EKNY, Edcott, New York. This is cool, right? Because he's kind of dating himself and bringing us back to a little bit of where he grew up and both the state of hip hop, which was born and incepted in this ed cock new york era right so he's kind of bringing you back to that universe that existed even before the giuliani times before everything you know so like grave scandal tawana bali new york city whatever moving past it don't know what it means before giuliani turned Times square to walt disney so that's an interesting thing because during the 90s i guess giuliani reformed and rebuilt new york in his particular way i'm not that particularly like up to date on my new york city history but it also could be a reflection with the walt disney you know just kind of how flashy everything got including the music industry over that giuliani period so the low-cost anesthetic epidemic cd bot wall graffiti cook coke scotty beam me up murder rate stats are staggering labs unraveling c uh, central intelligence agency is drug trafficking 
So he's really just describing the world of the 80s in the hood, you know, where it's all this low-fi music equipment and the graffiti world is there. And, you know, you've got the drug situation, you know. At the same time, he even goes as far as to point out some factual things, such as the CIA doing their crap where they would do stuff like drop crates of, grunt, of guns and cocaine in the hoods and effectively engineered the entire drug game via an effort to probably kill and control certain ethnic populations just saying if you go look into it it is possible that you will find some alarming stuff that points at the cia's direct desire to create a certain level of chaos as an example of other people interested in chaos in the next line we see cops with bad tempers politicians pushing their agendas in the streets as murderers rapists and sex offenders when they're growing the roses blood sucking bats vultures and ferocious roller coasters of rats rodents and roaches so you get the sense that and i love that idea of roller coasters of rats rodents and roaches line because it could be both literally the scummy types of people that in terms of humans behaving as rats rodents and roaches in their world that they're in but simultaneously the poor conditions of these literal vermin that are infesting the apartments of people just seeing that imagery put together so while lyrically painting this canvas of an entire environment of vibe i just think it's just artful right so it's like this track is cool you have got to be dope in the next sequence of songs that just kind of looks at you know some of the old school styles of being dope as an mc thinking about his kid and then guess from after thinking about his kid it brings him back to when he was young which is what's happening in this next track here and i just wanted to do that to show you that the song placement on this project is extremely well done to at least carry an emotional vibe that feels more like a movie than it does just a typical album it's got it's really well done. I can't say that it's like a clear story per se, but I would say that there is an emotional vibe that each song kind of flows into the next track in a way where you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. And it really, it really works after the, the previous track. So thematically, I really enjoy that angle of this album as well. Inspected Deck joins us here and I just find him delightful. He comes through. I didn't necessarily, I don't know a lot of his stuff from the Wu-Tang era, but I do really enjoy him in Sarface. So I've come to appreciate what he sounds like these days and I feel like he just brought that energy here and it was super fucking dope to listen to. I'm an 88er straight from the days of the pissy elevator, teeny boppers, graffiti rockers, cops and jealous haters, dangerous back blocks, crack rocks and mad cops who clap shots aiming to kill and steal the stash box. I feel like he brings his own flow to it. I feel like it's still on point in terms of the same style of content, painting a landscape of what his environment was like using these short snippets of great things that rhyme together to also skew it as far as it's dangerous. There's some bad shit here. There's fucking evil cops. There's a lot of nonsense that's going on with it. Overall, the rest of his verse follows through. I'm going to try and go a little bit quicker just so that, you know, it doesn't take two hours to get through the remainder of this album. But I just inspected deck rocks it he just adds to it entirely and then rugged man comes back for like this third verse where he also just kind of keeps the 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 canvas going and i think that's what's beautiful about this song is it just paints a canvas of the environment that spawned this early era of hip-hop you know global cocaine trades buy and sell clientele drug cartels crime grime spell die in hell colombian gun dealers citizens and cops status bronx raised six cops shot by larry davis so these are all things that the people growing up at the beginning of hip-hop would have understood, would have lived through, would have been common experiences, stuff that, and I think that the idea of age, you know, the youth not relating to it, stuff that we we couldn't appreciate. And man, I'm a fucking, I'm born in 87, 
and I live in Montreal. A lot of this is just stuff I've learned through listening to guys like Rugged Man take the time to paint these canvases to explain how different shit is, you know? Hold the crowbar, stole the car, crackhead moonwalking with a mic jack jacket, holding a broke VCR. I mean, that isn't something I've ever seen, but it gives you the idea. Imagine you're walking down the street, you're a young teenager, and you just see a crackhead with a crowbar smash through a fucking car, steal a VCR, proceed to moonwalk it in his fucking kazanked out state, you know, not necessarily stating it like he's dancing, but just the fluidity of the action, like in this bouncing out with a vcr like this is just a typical day out there and then i like how he goes a little bit more political with it near the end of it uh ain't no spielberg extraterrestrial phone and home just the homeless guy taking a piss on a payphone they thought aids was only for the gays mass confusion to ryan white the boy caught it from a blood transfusion 88 and uh i guess that's another interesting facet where like for a long time uh aids was painted as something that was only something homosexual folk could get and then all of a sudden a blood transfusion transfers it over and a bad thing happens so again this isn't something i know about but just seeing these people just seeing these experiences that would have been shared it's just cool to me it's a good concept um i find i liked it more than the ones i gave a 4.35 to but less than the ones i was given a 4.5 to uh i give it a 4.4 4, uh uh four yeah no i give yeah 4.4 4. i think it's a good track I'm gonna move on to the next one, which is called Hate Speech. So I like the role that Rachel Robbins plays on this track. She starts and ends it um, like she's a news reporter. She's coming through to talk about hate speech, where then Argon Man comes through and does this whole commentary where it is a satirical point. And then I like her on the outro where she's just like, cancel it. I mean, she'd be censored, not the song, like the whole person. And she, I wish she would just die a slow, painful death. You know what? He's whatever. So I feel like she and a lot of the female roles that are criticizing RA represent the more collective twitter mob of people that are effectively trying to create the cancel culture that we saw in the cancel skit and just the overall tone of miss missing the point almost so rugged man is clearly trying to drop the point and we'll just look at the chorus before the verses it's the home of the brave where we all run free are we just a wet vagina hole of a country so he's basically saying we all just become a bunch of pussies where like fucking words are awful and like we can't say offensive shit anymore and i'll be honest like i am really aware of the words that i say in terms of the vulgarity like there's just certain stuff i try to avoid in general i don't say cunt on camera very often i don't have a huge choice though because of the clever way that he drops the cunt so he does a very hip-hop thing with the scratching like you do on a hook he cuts up the word country so it's cunt 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 country but it's really smart i just feel like it, it's kind of like a loophole like oh i didn't say cunt i said country and i was just like scratching it but it says cunt a lot so i thought that was pretty clever i thought that was one of the cleverest ways i've ever seen anybody do it plus it's like south park-esque it's like kind of making fun of just yo we're supposed to be the home of the brave where we're all free and shit but we're really just a bunch of pussies where words scare the shit out of us again i try not to say pussies because i find it's just negative against women like the whole tone of the word and that's my personal choice but if you call me a pussy because i might like a pussy i totally get it anyway i like the the cut samples don't say this don't say that it's hateful it's the, the that's the c word and then he's like i don't care 
And I just, I think it's one of the best choruses on this album. I think the point he's trying to make is really strong, and I really liked it. As far as the verses go, he's just being kind of offensive and bringing out a bunch of, ju- like, it's a lot of juxtaposition. So he's a prehistoric animal, hairy beast, a bloody ape, I'll bite. Came out the cave white, the Canaanite, I'll take your wife and lay the pipe. And if I ain't offend you, I ain't probably say it right. So he's coming here to be fucking offensive. Maybe this isn't so juxtaposition. That's a different track. Sorry. Um, I'm like Big L in heaven with the Mac 11 raping Christ. I make atheists beg to be forgiven. I'm listening to Christians. I get five percenters and white supremacists switching positions. So I like it because he's really just saying some absurd shit. Like the idea of raping Christ. Like literally just picturing Big L with a gun doing some vile shit. Um, I like the intelligence of having the opposites of five percenters and white supremacists fucking switching positions. Like he's just fucked up. He's just going to make that happen to create a level of chaos and pandemonium you know he puts the fear of god in christopher hitchens who i don't know who that is but it rhymes really well with put feminist bitches in kitchens and make vegans live off of chickens and chicken and chitlins so he's just like almost absurdly trying to like piss off every group of people possible oh then he i love the way he goes got a redhead kingpin pumping hottie body if she got a sloppy body got my bitch some birth control from hobby lobby and it's just like, oh, I'll piss off the abortion people. I'll piss them all off. I'll say some absurd shit about women. And it's almost like what I, what I kind of have this like a, epiphany listening to this. R.A. Rugged Man is Slim Shady. Like Slim Shady is like a, a facet of Eminem's character. It is R.A. the Rugged Man. He's Slim Shady. Anyway, that's kind of what I picture. It's very funny and it's really legit. Like I'm a fat American. I call football soccer. I give Weakland a wedgie, shove a nerd in his locker. And it's just tapping into that core tenets of American culture and its obscenity. It's funny. Then the second verse, he rolls through it, and it's the same kind of shit. Burn flags. I grab my dick during national anthems. And he just runs it. He just says a bunch of offensive shit. But it's it's almost like there's a cleverness to it. As an example, when he goes, I'll teach this wet vagina hole of a nation to be hard till my psychologists and dropping Scientologist knowledge while flying on a cosmic rocket ship, not into politics. So... He plays into what Scientologist has, which includes, in the story of it, a cosmic rocket ship. But he's kind of playing around with the mind states of people to to sell propaganda, or let's say, as in, is kind of what I took from that. But like, just to fuck with people, to trick them. But I also feel like he's not. He's just saying some absurd shit because it's offensive there, like scientific uh, Scientologist knowledge. Anyway, then shoving cocks into college kids until they vomit jizz because he's an old man fucking young chips. And then he does all this awful shit. But really, where I crack the fuck up every time I hear this track and I just every time I've chuckled when he goes, I tell a chubby girl she's fat and tell an ugly girl she's ugly. And I think that's funny because while he upgrades the terribleness of the chubby girl to fat, like he just says it to get on her nerves, he's just like, nah, if you're an ugly girl, there's nothing else to say. You're ugly. I'll just state it plainly. There is no exaggeration there. He's just blunt enough to do it. And I thought that was hilarious because, again, it shows almost like he has this deeper level of psychological understanding. And at every line, everybody he tried to piss off in this group showed a level of understanding about why they were offended. So the bigger point this song is trying to make is all of these fucking conditions and shit that are living in this life it's impossible not to offend people if you're trying to express any situation but he got he just it's great lines like i make my gay friends eat a chicken sandwich at chick-fil-a 
Uh, far, far as gunplay, I put the RA in the NRA. Losing fans and being hated, psh, that's a regular day. Hate speech. Fucking hilarious. Honestly, it's fucking hilarious. Even when he goes, when he's talking about this gothic chick at home, she starts gobbling chicks. She stripped and took a topless pick. I put a boxing flick. I started slobbing the clit and fucked her to Paula album by Robin Thicke. Because that's like a fucking clever line. Because the Robin Thicke Paula album is just this offensively awful, terrible project that's inherently just like he's stalking his ex-wife in this desperate ploy. So just just the inclusion of such a specific level of pop culture referencing to add to the pathetic nature of his situation that he's describing. I love it. He does smack society nerds with adjectives and adverbs. You want to ban words that you think are bad words? That's backwards. Hate speech. I'm going to just comment here a little bit on my opinion to what he said. I think he's kind of right. Um, banning words inherently is fucking stupid. So if you're going to tell me I can't say the word gay at any time with no context, that's ridiculous. But I think what people are trying to do is get people to just be less hateful for the sake of it. So like if I'm really mad and I mean to call you like a coward, if I call you a pussy, I should consider that at a subconscious level, that's implying women are weak. And since we have a problem with women being weak in this world, perceived as weak, let me rephrase that, being perceived as weak, uh, I think women are super strong. Um, I think that using the word pussy in that context just becomes bad use of language. And when we think about words like gay or retard and how to end up getting used, there's a lot of insulting people by taking entire groups of folk and subjugating them to a negative, which we do and can prove that psychological branding of principles by repetition is fact. And you can, in theory, be brainwashed into believing some shit. As an example, if I do use a lot of language that's maybe saying women are worse through my insults over a decade chances are at a very deep level i will start convincing myself along the way that women are somehow inferior so there is this argument that could be made but i do get the point he's trying to make where if you can't just say like if there's no context to it if it's just banning words if it's just aimless if it's just people being offended to be offended if it's just this cancel culture that's fucking there's a lot of ridiculous bullshit that goes up in there there's a difference between saying something that's hateful and using language that can be perceived as hateful is i guess the bigger point of his song so he's trying to say get stronger be fucking proper don't be so fucking weak about everything learn to take a fucking joke type shit but the idea of maybe not calling people gay because it could offend 10% of the population, that might be like just courtesy. So should we ban the term of that? No. But time and place and shit, like we shouldn't also in public forums be just yelling out obscenities, right? Like that would just be common decent behavior. So if we apply to common sense logic to this, it's more of a apply a time and place to the use of bad words and that perhaps not everybody should just be allowed to say everything all the time like i can have more extreme honest opinions off camera in private settings i have to be aware that everything i say can and will be used against me in the court of youtube land that's not backwards that's just being accountable for the words that come out of your mouth so i found myself very mixed on the principles of what this track is doing but i think the way he does it is excellent and while i may not fully agree with the politics he's employing i'm also that millennial guy he's criticizing so yeah i get the point this song is a lot 
it was fun. I enjoyed it because it gave me a lot to think about while being excellently humorous, tapping into that side of me that like Slim Shady. The beat is just incredible. And what I think is amazing about the song placement is after doing something so strong, after basically dropping a track that's meant to piss off everybody and be offensive and kind of maybe appeal to the more rugged side of his audience, he comes in with the next track that does a full 180 on what you're supposed to be expecting of him. Either way, this is another amazing song. It's another 4.5. Let's move on to Living Through a Screen, Everything is a Lie. So if we think about the last track as like a response to twitter and the online mob and the let's say cancel culture internet-y folk then this track is a different commentary on the same subject but from a different perspective so we look at this chorus where the kick drums does the beautiful shit with uh, all the flashing lights all the perfect line focused on a screen where everything's a lie help don't slip away am i still there and this is fascinating right because something that has changed in the last decade is our addiction to instant information and screens and shit so I mean, I try my hardest to be objective with my media sources and to read overhearing videos, but if I'm going to be real to you, I'm still in a bubble like the rest of y'all, and I'm constantly fed by algorithms a bunch of shit that is meant to support my opinions, that's meant to almost force me to believe certain narratives in life. And perhaps if your whole life is spent in a series of bubbles like that, you're forced to live these narrative lives that will lead you to criticize somebody like R.A. the Rugged Man over a track like Hate Speech saying, how the fuck are you supposed to use this particular word or that particular language? Like, it's like calling Tyler the Creator a faggot was a mistake from Eminem's part because he attacked Tyler the Creator particularly about something stupid. Like, that was an insult. Saying the word faggot inherently shouldn't be a problem. Anyway, that's just context. And I think that our screens and our social media consumptions and the way the way a lot... So I notice a difference between people who read their media and people who watch YouTube videos for their media. And the people who watch videos and listen to podcasts over reading tend to be more susceptible to trusting the content they consume. This is just an anecdotal observation with no substantiated evidence, but people who read tend to be more skeptical of everything they consume and process it. Like, and I believe that at a level of consumption, reading words lets you think about the language in a way where hearing somebody read the script to you would also add all these extra layers of distraction, such as tone of voice and just extra elements to pay attention to that make it harder for you to on the fly process the influence of the language anyway so i like how that chorus just got me thinking about all this shit and i'll be honest i'm glad i didn't review these yesterday because i caught all this shit today when i was like listening to it again after sleeping on it sleeping on it makes a huge difference just for context i'm recording this at april 18th the day after uh, the album came out and possibly a day or two after the first part came out i don't know so the first verse has this great tone to it over and again this this is a very poppy beat it is very much like i could see how this turns into a single with the music video and all the moms are feeling it but it, it's fair like insomniac i lie light awake i'm all right with blind hate i'm doomed to my fate how much can i take my murder mind state and when i'm dead god will come to my wake and that's interesting because i picture these people who lie awake in the middle of the night i used to be one of them i congregate and get along well on the internet with these folk and there is this group of people who are just up all night like angry consuming middle of the night internet which is different than daytime when work people are awake internet content and i feel like 
it's interesting that he's kind of like reveling in this. Like, you won't like me when I get angry. The Bill Bixby original, not angly. No idea what that line means. Mechanical deity, blow up the scenery, robot on a minus weapon machinery. The ache in the armor, they want to break him harder. They want to make him a martyr. What's the pain in the part of? So I feel like here we have him just kind of building into the angst of a situation where he's weaponizing himself in his emotional state. And I think that's a criticism to what it's like to be consuming media all the time in the middle of the night instead of properly getting sleep and rest, which we maybe should. And there might be something to say about how sometimes insomniacs, and I'm not trying to talk about anyone in particular because a lot of people have a lot of reasons but some at least for me one of the things that kept me awake was instead of doing something like reading a book 30 minutes before bed to get my brain to shut down i would be on a computer and a bright screen in my face until like two in the morning and then complain about how i couldn't sleep changing the behaviors in my life got me more sleep got me less angry got me a little less uh, influenced by the iphones and whatnot you know we live in life hypnotized with your eyes on an iphone cataloging the masses that i own skeleton play the drum with the thigh bone bullets slide in your dome into crime zone so i feel like here it's just you're you're consuming all this terrible shit all these different causes all these different reasons to get charged up and at the end of the day you're left alone with this dark emotional shit where that chorus kicks back in and focused on a screen where everything is a lie, living through the screen where everything is a lie. But I don't think we're supposed to be aware of the lie in the context of this song. It's just the lie influences. I believe that there are powers that be, and they're not scary cabal-type Illuminatis. They're just guys who own media companies. They're just millionaires who understand how to make more money. Capitalistic leaders, titans of interest, but not like real titans of industries, but the posers. So like, there's a couple of guys who opened up Medium. And they paid a bunch of social justice millennials to like write a bunch of cause content and just finding reasons to get enraged while they made millions. And all of these people contributed to a machine which represented all of the villains they wrote about hating while contributing to the problem because at the end of the day we all got to get paid and it just kind of has this internet like, like I can't go too deep into it but if you look into the world of SEO all of the lists you see on the front page of google when you google shit are a lie i know because there's a science to actually ranking on google and at the right price per word you can get me to write you a page that will show up on google ahead of somebody else's page because there's a science to ranking on keywords and that means that the information you're seeing isn't being driven by truth outside of a few sources like a webmd or a wikipedia a lot of these lower end sites um the people that are trying to go viral as an example on social media the lower end of shady content are effectively putting out a bunch of bullshit worded with superfluous filler and opinions that aren't based on real evidence. They're just like, oh, that guy wrote a thousand words, so I gotta write 1200 words and then I'll knock him out. I'll throw in four more pictures. We'll put in a couple of memes here. And the metric of success isn't necessarily is the information accurate. It's actually more, is the information engaging enough? So YouTube will recommend my videos if you guys stay watching more than if what I'm saying is good. So I could be spitting the worst bullshit in the world or I could be spitting the best fucking review content ever. And the truth of the matter is the only metric right now that will affect whether or not my videos get recommended to people is do you watch enough of a percentage of my content to say it's good? And they have those little surveys after where I hope y'all give me five stars when they say, was this video good? That would be kind of you.
Anyway, the second verse is pretty dope too. I like his biblical references. Uh, falling down, going deeper, I'm hitting the bottom. I'll be the Canaanite sinning in the city of Sodom. Till my mama see the name, my obituary column, and they be killing me like I'm Billy and Hillary Rodham. That's an interesting line because Bill and Hillary could be Clinton, but he twitches it up to Rodham. Um, I just feel like the rest of this verse again paints this picture of the world being kind of fucked up in what it is and playing on a lot of the different causes that you'll see on an instagram such as the stuff that memes get really viral on like political rhetoric or jim crow or is it minister farrakhan and inside of the rotten apple are we living in babylon so it's like all of the ways that different folks and systems and places have violence and chaos and shit and it's really just put through it so following hate speech which criticized his humor he shows us the chaotic reality that we see the lies that get planted by the media to portray the world in a more negative sense of what it is. Almost asking the question, is this not really the fucking hate speech that's out there in the world? You know, and I thought that was cool. And then I like how he ends the second verse as we enter the twilight dimension where there's sure to shank you with no redemption. The Hollywood Terry Crews is molested and in the era, the apprentice is president. LSD mescaline, human experiment, American idiocracy evident, leaving a dream of the demon gene is it an evil queen or an evil team so just kind of ends with this like chaotic look at the world we're living in and just questioning is this is this really what it is is america really just this chaotic terrible experiment do people maybe it is just all the cia using drugs and bullshit because the cia did do like human experiments with lsd and shit to like look for like truth serums and crap so americans tend to not be as wise as they think they are so for you americans watching this it's not a commentary on you as an individual it's more the government and systems pretty fucking dumb do you know why i don't believe that the u.s government caused 9-11 as an example i just don't think they're smart enough to pull off that level of deception do i think there are people on earth clever enough to pull off that level of deception yeah they're also smart enough to not go into government you know like Evil geniuses don't go to places where they couldn't be accountable. So government just to me looks like people who couldn't cut it in like the higher tier of real life, like corporate billionaires and shit. Anyway, that seems to me where the power is. I kind of got on a few tangents here. I hope that was fun for y'all. I'll give this a 4.35 on 5 as a song. I thought it was corny, but I like its purpose on the project. And then to play up on inconsistencies and keeping that narrative going and maybe playing up on the idea that there are certain things that are a lie, we get Contra Dictionary. This is such a, an intelligent track in my opinion. Um, I like how it just starts off all fucking random where it's like, yo, the fucking screen pop smells like somebody's asshole. You need to clean that, man. Like nothing related to anything it just probably felt like a cut that actually happened just organically when he was in the studio like this fucking pop filter smelled like ass and he just had to share that with us so i just thought it was hilarious way to start this track it has nothing to do it's just like a segue then he starts rapping and you know it's a, a song of oxymoronic language you know the dude or ideas so the dude who gets the least pussy say he get it the most the chick who get the most dick say she get it the least it's always the man who has the most flaws to win the most judge and it's always the least educated acting like they know something so we're just gonna get the whole situation where he's tapping into how people don't represent themselves honestly 
but also how you can almost look into the truth of certain situations by seeing where people brag and recognizing some of the truths of the world like you know how anti-gay rights politicians are doing the bone sucking so you'll see how in how often it'll be these crazy homophobic fucking assholes who turn out to be just closeted you know basically riling out on people simply because they're trying to cover their own shame of their own closet lives and it's i don't know i just feel like he just he just does such a great job of 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 adding commentary to the world showing some of his like intelligence and knowledge because i was thinking about it uh bonnie and i were listening to this album before i came to record this part too and i realized that what rugged man is is to me is like a version of eminem and i'm not trying to compare the white boys but a lot of the things that attract me in rugged man are the same techniques that attract me in eminem but it's like a knowledgeable version of marshall because like the level of knowledge knowledge that rugged man brings to the table i don't doubt it the dude reads books the dude knows shit the dudes live life the dude has learned the dude goes out there to try like he's conscious he's aware you know like it's the nobel peace prize winners quickest to drone something interesting point like it's like why are these great people these political leaders for peace so willing to use death as a means to achieve that peace and things like that history is full of fucked up you know i don't use a disguise to try to fool you with lies the truth is in two eyes the tools i use i utilize word so effectively rugged man represents the truth unlike a lot of people who try to fake it in the way that they are and he uses his eyes he pays attentions and he's basically doing it ain't it funny that this type of shit kind of comes up then you got locksmith on the chorus where i feel like locksmith sounds really cool but it's kind of not that exciting like if i if i saw locksmith is featured and then he's not like featured also he's credited so i don't really know why as in the chorus is clearly locksmith but if you look at the way the album is published and even the album credits that ra shared ra if you watched this can you please tell me this in the answer in the comments but why is locksmith not featured while he did the chorus but he's credited on the chorus now the only solution i can think of is on is also related to eminem because i've looked into it sometimes um eminem will work with beat camps where they will send you a product that already has a chorus on it so it's entirely possible that locksmith had laid down the chorus and when uh ra received a beat the chorus was already in place and he kind of wrote around it in that context he technically would not be featuring locksmith as the locksmith contribution would have been a credited part of the production of the instrumental so like a logistical front it's the only way i can kind of rationalize how that came to be but locksmith is fine it's like hypocritical critics are full of shit panhandle with liars you get the gist everything out of mouth you contradict rather say it now than be a bitch when i catch you motherfuckers word i don't trust a word and i'm like wow this is underwhelming this is not like that with god level of good this is underwhelming i um I'm, i have nothing else to say about locksmith chorus it sounds good i just think the words are underwhelming all those words he said eh not that exciting the way he said them it's all right it just it's just underwhelming like i, I saw somebody on facebook be like it's underwhelming and i completely get what he means now because like I just feel like when I see Locksmith, I want some banger shit. And like, what a way to... Anyway, so I feel like maybe it just kind of came with this. I don't know. 
Like he just came on the beat in a non-sex way. Anyway, the second verse is cool because I feel like there's some more like political commentary that goes on. Like we treat queens like bitches and treat bitches like good women. So maybe our priorities are out of whack in the way we treat people. We pay respect to the dead, no respect for living. So like instead of, you know, giving flowers to people while they can still smell them, shout out K Reno, we proceed to go out of our way to just kind of give all this love to dead people. So like here's an example. Uh, people chart every time like famous people die and shit but like that person would have been alive two weeks earlier and nobody was bumping their music and maybe they wouldn't have like felt the need to get to a death point especially in the place of drug overdoses and suicides if like people had bumped their music like two weeks earlier given that oh yeah people do still love me i'm not trying to put accountability on it but it is a whack idea you know and then the idea that people can't fight use the internet to lash out and be like this and they can't like actually like fight in person and anyway the, the song goes through like this all the way out there i mean um i do appreciate the track i like the commentary against religious organizations i like the fact that he attacks people i like the fact that he ends it with a program hate the left versus right the lie versus fact the gays versus straight debate the white versus black what they show in the news lead the public slow and confused the total polarization the opponents opposing views so i feel like right there what he's done is he summarized his feelings of a culmination of everything from hate speech through to this point uh, on this album in terms of like the tracks the last three songs build up to that like thing so he's like y'all can hate me or think i'm a certain way but actually take a second to check out where the real problems lie while y'all trying to like act like my fucking use of the word cunt is a problem even though celebrities pretend paparazzi is the enemy but tip the paparazzi to destination voluntarily like this kind of shit exists the overall lie of reality television the fact that like even tiger king is a misrepresentation of reality to fucking get spins and shit like everything's fucked up man it's always been the no snitching coward quick to sing a ballad a man's word and his handshake has become invalid and it just ends on this point of like yo it's not it's not good anymore people are not honest everyone's just fucking full of shit i try to pride myself in being kind of honest i mean there's obviously certain lies we all tell and there's certain misrepresentations of our character that's just human but i think the one thing the few people who do like my channel think is that i try to keep it as real as possible and run through it like that given my learning along the way side of it and so i find myself really agreeing and empathizing with the point it is i dig this track i give it a 4.5 let's move on to an epic banger of a fucking posse cut the slayers club i was so excited because i thought the lyrics to this track were finally up but they're not it's just somebody is literally ad adding the lyrics and transcribing it like part of the reason this second part of the review came as late today as it did uh for those who wondered it's going to come out closer to 10 p.m instead of like the 2 fucking p.m i could have got it out is i was waiting all day for these lyrics to get added to genius and everything but the slayers club was there when i started to record and it's not all there so i'm just gonna run through my general impressions of this track right quick and move on as far as posse cuts go this is the motherfucking example of hard banging shit man it starts off and you got the hook and it sounds like it's a lot of them bouncing through but apparently it's mop who i don't know mop that well but that's fair they have this killer hook you know who come out of the for you for ya liveness to look control for ya we home team we gonna roll for ya marksman put them in a hole for ya so it just sounds like 
the squad it sounds like Ari the rugged man put out a call to like the hardest hitting new york people he could to kind of ram through and give us this amazing fucking ensemble of talent now i don't I, I just have to point out that and not necessarily just new york but just the overall like flow of just hard hitting underground legends we'll flip it to that so it's more apt um i love the fact that the beat just evolves uh, every single contributor to this track has a unique variation on the instrumental that fully complements their unique twist as an example Vinny Paz comes through and he's got this hard hitting kind of boppy sound to it just that just just flows just works with his raspy voice as far as lyrics go the chorus is there in the beginning of Vinny Paz's verse is there so like he he has that hard shit like this official pistol gang Philly where we bang at pull up into Bugatti and hit him where to hang at just grimy just fucking proper then um he, he flows on through the beats fucking alive and it flips into like this funkier thing and i believe it's chris rivers that does the second verse chris rivers being big pun son which and he's dope and you should just check him out if you don't know him so hearing him was a welcome present i'm pretty sure he does that second verse which is just dope then chino xl takes over and the beat also flips with that funkiness but as like an extra layer and he goes in and does this like fast jagged hard shit and then it flips back into the hook and you're like oh that's fucking sick anyway and it just feels right your head's bopping everything's cool next up on the track is onyx where fredo started comes through then sticky fingers comes through and onyx is a group i need to personally get more into but from what i've heard it just had the energy like i was able to recognize it was onyx from what i have heard more because of the way they scream rap is so distinct um then Ari just does this grimy shit and he's just fire it's definitely one of my favorite Ari to rugged man verses on this project in terms of like the flossier i'm trying to just compete through hip-hop bar style which is dope then brand newbie kicks through where we got sada x and lord jamar just dropping some shit and it's fucking fire and i it's like i have to give credit to lord jamar for all the people that want to hate on the dude at least the guy can rap and at least the guy sounds fucking good even in, to this day and i'm almost excited that he's on this project is what i'm trying to say then chorus comes through then the most amazing thing happens for ice t's part he starts hyping it up like yo my boy called and i had to come through and back him up and meanwhile like these heavy metal heavy metal like fucking thrash style guitar starts playing and the beat goes super new metal as ice t goes over and it's fucking hard and it does remind me we never touched the new body count album so if y'all want to see a body count uh, album review for the 2020 project let me know anyway mop ends it down at the end and it just kind of it just kind of ends and the song is beautiful to me it is one of the best posse cuts i've ever heard i will definitely be listening to this over and over again i gave it a five on five it was extremely exciting for me anyway moving on we have life of the party which i kind of hope y'all think i am i love this song um i'm gonna try and speed it up a bit because i realized there's still fucking eight tracks and we're almost at an hour of raw recording so i'm gonna go a little bit quicker through the rest of the songs um but this is such an upbeat happy track so if we look at what's happened here we have contradictionary which kind of plays a little bit into again the commentary on the world and around it then we get the slayers club where it's almost like we disregard all of that negative shit and we have all these hard-hitting legendary names coming through laying down credence to the legitimacy of Arya the Rugged Man. 
being there, having that track list, coming up with that track. It's almost like, again, a response to hate speech where people are trying to censor him and shut him down. But instead, the authentic and the true held him down, leading to Life of the Party, where it's almost like, okay, but let's take an honest look at the past so we can be like, okay, let's talk about the shirt, the elephant in the room type stuff. So it's a beautiful uh uh instrumental positive uplifting the chorus has shit like the fast cats filthy nights like it's just kind of nice it's it's, it just kind of adds like this story time element to it for the record did y'all know busy bone is doing this story time shit over on his channel i think it's jump tv or whatever just type in i I don't know like we robbed wishbone's uncle was a video they did like two days ago and he sits there with his glass of wine and he tells his story and he sways and i swear it's like those blonde chicks that do makeup story times and i'm like this is the strangest shit ever and then we've watched multiple episodes of just busy bone snitching and i just had to throw that out there busy bone is busy snitching about his past and all these things and i find it funny because it's just it's just funny all of it just check out the busy bone story time anyway back to aria the rugged man uh so he comes through and he was like i was born to be the best flow ever i knew it back before i hit puberty back when i was bumping whatever i was hateful i punched you in the face for saying hi to me but today i tried to chill it and not react so violently so he kind of looks into his past in this track and how he was vile and he was fucking banned from a bunch of places because he was known to be rambunctious and fight people and throw hatred and through his self-deprecating actions he he was uh, intoxicated a lot and he paid for hookers and like to the point in the level of honesty you know the amount of pussy i paid for i could have probably fixed the national deficit and i kind of like the fact that he frames it like this isn't like a proud moment it's like i was being stupid i was busy beating people unconscious with speakers instead of making pop hits so it's like instead of living in the way he was supposed to and and creating albums and whatever he was wilding out and that was his life he was this was his party this was this crazy shit in a sense he is the life of the party probably came through and people like rugged man's crazy ah." but he made a lot of poor choices and shit but then he kind of moved on and i feel like in the second verse we're now in the era of like the late 2000s uh when he's flipped it around and he's making this next album and shit's changed you know so i make game changing recordings never took precautions i lost all my endorsements always beefing with law enforcement you know so he's got the situation where he had all the opportunity but then he just fucked it up by wilding out and kind of behaving but now that he's older he's trying to keep it cool like he'll still smack up a fan who's disrespectful but he's not going to put him in the hospital he's just gonna he's gonna get them to understand and show a little bit of respect in the moment and so instead but i like when he's like don't mean to disappoint most of my degenerate listeners used to be in whorehouses begging for freebies bumping to beasties and my tidy whitey bbds throwing feces fans are like where did the rugged man go soft what they pumped him up with prozac or zoloft and i love that because it's like on the one hand the fact that he's no longer living this life of depravity and acting a certain way is probably disappointing to a core group of people who almost probably supported him specifically for those reasons so just addressing it and shit where he's like you know i'm mad negative you want positivity now so it's like okay fine i'm negative i'm gonna flip it up and he's doing conscious records with talib kwali and let's be real i think learn truth is one of the best rap songs ever it is just such an important record and i'm so glad he made it anyway so i like how he's kind of flipping this shit to kind of want to grow and become something different and and it just kind of flips life around and that's what i I feel like is happening there then you got the third verse where 
He used to curse God, and I'd rather say a prayer to him. My life was a modern Sodom and Gomorrah living in ruins. Sodom and Gomorrah being the biblical cities where all the sin happened and all the bad shit. Like the term sodomite, where you fuck somebody in the ass, sodomy, comes from that shit where it was a depraved action that took place. And God broke the cities, and then Lot was like supposed to escape. And I think it's Lot, and then he looks back, and people turn to salt, and it's a fucking whack story. Anyway, so he kind of paints this picture of all the crazy shit they were up to, you know, rolling with coked up stockbrokers with broken cigars rolling in stolen cars who was hip-hop's broke his stars so they were killing it but they had no money and they were just kind of fucking wilding out and then they flipped it up and then i love when his voice changes and he's like uh we had special we used to have and, and even the honesty sorry before we get to that uh, we had specially built treadmills for training the pitbulls like we were that vile we were those guys and then I used to hate fans. Everyone what to me was my enemy. Now when I'm out with some fine females, I might head to a fancy French restaurant, sip wine, and eat snails. I used to smack chicks with my dick and make the horse red, whores red. I tuck my girl into bed now and kiss her on her forehead. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I went from being a vada motherfucker to a good dad and shit. And he's calmed down, but don't fuck with him because at the end of the day, all of that you've heard about in his past still exists inside of him, but he's kind of grown out of it and he's learned to be a bigger and better person as a result of his past life and just recognizing the consequences of his actions. And I thought that was stellar. I thought it was just wonderful to listen to his song and it's just so uplifting and motivational. Um, this is another four and a half on five for me. It's a great fucking song. But then, because it was too positive and stuff, I had to flip some shit. Let's talk about the big snatch. This is a fucking ridiculous song. So it starts off with his intro. He's like, you know, you have a daughter and a son. Do you want to be inspiring? And he's like, yo, I want to live my life like that. I want to be that person. So I got to make some vile shit. And then it has these samples. Like, I've warned you about women. They're just going to make you unhappy and ruin your life. Grotesque music. And then the chorus is like, yabba, dabba dabba do i have this like prehistoric uh, man kind of feel to it and i just i think it's hilarious and then it's offensive like you're such a cunt mom even as a little boy nobody liked you it's just fucking offensive for the sake of it like you just had to go out of it this track has beatboxing by carnage the executioner who is lovely this so the whole i just had to say it in case i forget but it's just so good the beatboxing he also comes back on another track but it's just the way it gets incorporated into this song is, is amazing so this song is about like a pussy i think like a woman a vagina so he starts off with like my dick is a biblical place spitting frost and locusts i'm like super crap califragia fuck it bitch suck on my gross dick that is amazing because instead of just finishing the super califragilistic yo shit he just cuts it fills up the rhyme scream like fuck it i'm not even gonna try to suck my fucking dick it's hilarious it's offensive his cock's deadly that's the medical prognosis doctors could use my semen as bug spray to kill roaches so he's vile he's just projecting all this negative venom at everybody and then he just rolls through about how awful he is and then he's like i urinate sulfuric acid and i shit plutonium sing to the chick tricking the trick i'm fingering it licking the click giving a fit hit it with a brick stick it with a dick i'm a slicker to rick go and then i just thought it was fun i just thought the way he came through with this vile shit was nice um he made it, it was creative great use of language overall clever and i suppose if we're gonna go down this route of being offensive say a bunch of interesting shit like a good slick rick reference 
Then you got the chorus where it's like the dirty dick derelict foul mouth rhetoric. Welcome to my world, bitch. Every chick that I stick, the bottom of the slime pit. Welcome to my world, bitch. And he's basically saying, yo, in my mind, shit's fucked up. Shit's crazy. Then he starts describing this lady he meets. And she was this beautiful person. He lied. He told her he was Lon Von Trier. Now get your ass in here and have a beer. I grabbed her from the rear. I started rapping in her ear. Told her I was slug from atmosphere. And I thought that's funny that R.A. is using slug as a way to get laid. Because, yo, I don't care what slug thinks about himself. I guarantee you there are a bunch of chicks that, with daddy issues that will suck his dick in six seconds because he looks the way he does. I saw that man perform live. Slug is dapper. Anyway, and when he said that he was slug, she swung from my dick like a chandelier. Then he proceeds to describe his vagina. She had a longer vagina than the Great Wall of China. I cleaned the dirty pussy with wash cloth and Lysol he flows on through at some point he sucked on the slob's tits started giving her twat licks but her pussy was harried in Chewbacca's armpits and it, it just flows as he gets more and more vulgar with it um, at some point the lyrics might sound misogynistic but the crabs inside her vagina were staged driving and jumping in mosh pits more insects than flypaper pussy size a skyscraper like it's fucking hilarious like this is just all of the fucking like worst fucking jokes he could think of packed into one fucking song i don't know exactly where it is i'm trying to find it but at some point the fucking herpes start beatboxing and he starts flowing through and the beatboxing happens here and then at the end it's like the pussy spit out turntables and the baby began to scratch let's go because uh, he ends up impregnating her and then they have a fucking pterodactyl egg baby it's just fucking whack which when you hear about the dinosaur baby the yaba daba daba dude just makes more sense because of Flintstones and I'm left with loving this song thinking it's super fucking creative and somehow he made a, a song about a big snatch that's funky it's weird um there's a beatboxing pussy everything that he's describing just like makes sense uh and i love the way the the i love the way that carnage the executioner delivers his excellent skills to this track just making it a truly great experience worth hearing even if you might consider it a little, little bit offensive which it's not it's just hilarious i give it a 4.5 on 5 truly enjoyed it let's talk about the next skit on the album the john john skit so this is short and sweet it's like i guess along the way he realized he has another kid now but he didn't actually want to go through the effort of like writing his son a song so he has like the baby whining like it's mad and upset and he's like yeah um i know you're upset but uh i'll make you a song on the next album so it's just like later on in life when the kid realizes he doesn't get a song on this project even though he was alive it's accounted for and he made the effort to mention it it's cute and it's nice um that's all i felt it wasn't like hilarious like the other skits are it was it, it, it was just kind of like like ah shit like an afterthought like his his wife or something mentioned it to him and so he had to go fucking at it i give it a 4.25 it's not bad it works in the album it's very bizarre after but i guess after giving birth to a pterodactyl baby it does kind of have that placement it does have that charm in terms of theme still it's there then we get the song immortal technique who do we trust i'm gonna be real with you if y'all were like what would you expect this to sound like this is what it this is what i expected it to sound like you know crazy little intro i like how he's like i should save politics for dead prez and immortal technique that's a cool sample so the intro is from ra the rugged man's track shoot me in the head according to genius i um it says after joking about saving politics for immortal technique 
you know, it's kind of like that. He then proceeds to bring fucking Immortal Technique into the song to proceed to bring us some politics, of which Immortal Technique sounds like exactly the same like Immortal Technique sounds on every fucking song. The dude is extremely smart and extremely political, activist out of that core. I respect and admire the dude so much, but he sounds static. It's the same shit since like 2008 in terms of flow and stuff. He's one of those guys that does what he does well. And I used to think Immortal Technique was like the greatest of all time, goat motherfucker. Now I just think he's a really good rapping activist. And I don't find myself ever listening to his music because it all kind of sounds like this when I do encounter it. Not to say it's problematic. It's just the sound of his voice is exactly the same. Every same cadences. It's just not that interesting. Anyway. Lyrically, it's amazing though, right? Because he's obviously going to drop great political commentary. There's a new housing plan for the ghetto eventually, projects for a new American century, false flag terrorism controlling you mentally, the gospel in the hands of people with no empathy, a mixture of dangerous social chemistry between law enforcement and a military entity, cameras on the corner of every corner you're facing, testing out a future Gestapo and immigration. So he's basically painting out the dystopian future of what's going to happen when the world is a serious of new ghettos where we're completely supervised and people are kind of broken up into the various groups that we exist within so it's actually really fucking smart especially as you watch some lockdown stuff happening today and the potential information speed transfers of 5g in fact what immortal technique is painting here as a potential for the scariness of dystopian big brotherianism is a scarier thing to rail about 5g than anything you've seen on facebook in the last month related to the 5g topic um but yeah power consolidation information restricted just like the iron claw law of oligarchy predicted incarcerating the poor amongst the drug addicted but not the families that are ruling class that's afflicted so essentially Essentially here, it's like, yo, power is getting consolidated and you can just look at companies. Um, if you look at like super top level board of directors, like the companies that are holding groups, like the real parent companies, there's a lot less of them than you think. And people like Mars Inc. and Nestle and a few and PepsiCo and other things, they're so powerful and they, they have like, they own so much shit that like Amazon's not even scary by comparison. Amazon's like new money by comparison. Anyway, so he comes through and he, he, he lays out the rest of his verse and that. And I love when he says, because it's a fucking caste system, like a corrected Hinduism. Oh, I didn't even finish my point before. Uh, what I was trying to also follow through is you can just look at the drugs. How like if you're like poor in the hood and you sell dope or smoke dope, it's a big issue. And you become the slave labor, 13th Amendment prison system shit, which I'll give it to Immortal Technique. He gave me a lot of things to Google over the last decade uh, where I learned a lot about this. So I respect that side of him. Um then he uh, proceeds to kind of then point out how if you're white or rich, and I'm going to throw in the word white liberally myself, but if you're rich and you have this kind of exact same crime situation, somehow that's not a problem. Or when all the white people are addicted to opiates, it's like a crisis and you go to rehab, but when it's black people, you put them in jail. Like it's the same fucking problems. Anyway, then I love the cor the comparison at a caste system where the darker your skin color is, the more lower tier you are in life. Overall, it's amazing. I like when he goes, like it was anti-disestablishmentarianism just because that's uh it's a, just a cool it's a cool word it, it's just he uses it correctly i don't have a lot to say about it it's just a good word and he doesn't fuck it up and it's cool that he dropped that however it's just like 
him ranting again and it's fine if you're really into listening to him rant that's a hundred percent okay i just didn't feel it to the same level of passion chorus is fine whatever then ra comes through and does like what i'm gonna call his learn truth part two verse so i really love it expose crimes at a power structure and to the fire because the truth is not treason to the u.s empire u.s meddling in almost every foreign election see where the next drone head in civilian dead in the yemen wedding beautiful because that actually happened they drawn the shit out of a yemen wedding and the u.s is really fucked around in yemen and the fact is y'all act like obama is this wonderful motherfucking guy but the dude's a war criminal in my eyes and bombed the shit out of so many fucking countries and started all sorts of bullshit in the middle east and everyone acts like he's just this amazing guy and he lied to everyone's fucking face through a bunch of war criminal actions like i don't know it's just weird as a Canadian looking at the world and seeing things in a different perspective with a different level of programming because, yo, Canada is no fucking great place either. I don't know why I'm on this negative tone. Let's move on. Maybe it's the song and it's fucking terrible political points because, yo, he's tapping into that rage invoking shit. Anyway, barely reported because the weapons were exported from the politicians in the Pentagon. The Saudis bought it. And that's fair, man. Yo, the U.S. government is makes trillions of dollars selling guns around the world to create the wars and fuel the hate that effectively fuels an economy. Like, so much of the war in the world is a result of people's desires for multi-billion dollar gun contracts and bullshit. I don't know, it's just really sad. And you know, and the babies and children were slaughtered. The authorization, altercation, deplorable, demoralization, obedience to authority, colonized the minority social norm to conform the immoral majority. So it's basically a punk music song criticizing the government in terms of saying people just fuck around and follow orders and do what they're told to do because what it is. You know, whistleblower men are afraid to label the threat a traitor, executive legislator trying to suppress your behavior. So we have people being discouraged from telling the truth and showing what they know. We have people who are just lied to, people who contribute to the system probably to protect their own. It's just fucked up, and I love it, and I think it's well done in terms of the content and everything. I I think everything that is not Immortal Technique on his song is like honestly five on five worthy but i find mr technique's delivery just not my favorite i I would love to have a conversation with him i bet the guy could teach me a million things and i hope my respect for him and his mind and his talent is conveyed it's just his delivery i'm not that into so 4.35 on five let's move on to a song that brings a friend with a delivery i really like malice of mammon I like this. It's cool. We're going to talk about Public Enemy soon. We're uh, ready to record the review about how some other shit to get done. So this was kind of exciting to see like uh, 2020 Chuck D knowing that we're going to talk about like 1988 Chuck D real soon. Uh, this So let's talk about Mammon. Mammon is the Aramaic language uh, comes from the aramaic language and means riches so effectively it's the malice of money using biblical language because aramaic is one of the languages um the bible was in or it was the language around the time of jesus like the passion of the christ is an example from mel gibson is in aramaic is the language they speak in their subtitles um anyway in hebrew the word would mean money so it's kind of like showing from a, almost a religious point of view money being the root of all evil is an incorrect thing it's actually for the love of money that is the root of all evil money is just a tool but people who lust after money are fucking do evil shit to get more of it anyway so it has this sample from the Leuven brothers sinner you better get ready you know the times are coming when the sinner must die and it kind of flips and then it kicks in hard and it's got that like fucking pound it's got like a cadence of like kind of bumping like this where you just you just feel like a slower pulse but a heavy slower pulse to it 
Because money make the globe turn reach. Money make the globe turn reach for it. And it repeats that. And it's just got this energy that I fucking love, man. Then uh, R.A. comes through with a powerful verse. You know, power over by government, by corporate elitists. The corporations write laws that the government keeps secret. Private prison keeps you in damn chains while appointing legislators, judges, presidential campaigns. So here it's like the government operates in secrecy and pushes through a bunch of laws and bullshit that you never hear about. Legalizing a lot of powers and amendments to affect like doing things like locking people in prisons for slave laborers and such which is all legal all because of you know the way a system allows it to happen government propaganda appears pompous by scientists not science when theories are funded by fear mongers so here's an example um whether or not vaping uh nicotine is good or bad for you around the time when the vaping ban was going on and it was a hot topic Imperial Tobacco paid a lot of lobbyists to get fake science done to actually make vaping appear worse than it was just so that the legislation would vilify it and have it banned and treated the same as cigarettes. Should it be? I don't know. But the fact that the tobacco companies are a huge part of why vaping is treated the same as cigarettes is pretty whack and corrupt. And when you look at who paid for the studies and all of that, it's, it's really corrupt. But nobody or most people don't really think about that kind of thing when they trust their government so blindly, you know. And then you get the poor get deported. The middle class gets extorted. Facts, man. It's a fucking rough world out there with the way money's set up. It's corporate. The criminals of those IRS won't audit. So at the end of the day the people that are full of corruption and shit they effectively are bribed they bribed the government to look the other way is what's being applied here ponzi scheme make the cake off bernie made off it so uh bernie Madoff is responsible for the the idea of a ponzi scheme he effectively did this whole investment scandal where you invest into it and then as more people put money into it he would take take money from paul to pay mary and move shit around but effectively it was all a scam and at the end of the day people threw money into the faith of something growing and he just ripped everybody off and ran away with a bunch of money and went to jail i think he actually just got out of jail anyway we celebrate giving thanks having parades at macy's while we invade lands bomb hospitals and kill babies so it's just kind of throwing thanksgiving which is in a sense a holiday celebrating the invasion of another place and taking over their land before the subjugating torture and murder of a lot of fucking people go look up what people did to native peoples it's real tragic um and then pointing out at the same time we destroy people and it's really sad um and then the chorus kicks through and then chuck d says just he doesn't say a lot on this song but the way he says it with that powerful charged up chuck d voice is just truly amazing and then commenting on money he's like it ain't worth the paper it's printed on back by the pentagon as kicking going on gross national product meaning war is the answer another missile duck so the idea here is money isn't really worth what it's said to be worth it's all an imaginary construct but the actual value is not real so instead they use war to create the need for more money creating and justifying shit via violence anyway the rest of this track is pretty powerful um i don't understand i don't agree with one part of it he's like you can buy shares occupation operation depopulate the bill gates billionaires being prejudiced from tongue where the venom has come from and a heretic scum run i just want to say in defense of bill gates if he was really super evil and wanted to run like the world the way people think he does 
he could have done a lot more with technology in like staying in microsoft and having a back door into like everybody's fucking devices and shit rather than running on to go you know i don't know like deal with malaria and shit like people act like this guy has like a lot of conspiracy theories against him and they will go hmm look there was a thing that happened and a second thing that happened weird timing i'm like yeah if you go look for shit you'll always find a bunch of weird timing in hindsight but all i can tell you is dude did a lot of good work for a lot of people and like saved a lot of lives in africa and shit and really did a lot for a lot of places that were impoverished so it's easy to be like now in the hindsight oh he's rich and powerful let's scapegoat him and i don't even think that's what ra is trying to do it's just common shit that gets brought up i don't understand why he in particular like i feel like he's a scapegoat and there is like possibly this cabal of evil billionaires and then you have innocent old bill gates and melinda just trying to do some good in the world why because he's an egotistical fuck who wants a good wikipedia page i don't think people understand how much that motivates people i want a wiki page so i torture myself making album reviews instead of having fun with my life and a few other things i do a lot but i overwork to a point where i'm gonna die earlier just because like i want a good wiki page so people just aren't narcissistic enough to understand how billionaires think enough so they create this nefariousness when it's like nah that's not even what it is man i read the dude's newsletters and shit he's just really into geeking out on saving the world anyway moving on the rest of the verse does pull through more shit you know the government became god bombed moths and burned churches killed for the black liquid beneath the earth's surface ddt in the 1940s now it's genetically modified organisms created in laboratories toxic edible chemicals poisoning in the nations because monsanto runs the food and drug administration the rest of this is really smart and shit like the fact is there is evil corporations and bad shit our desire for oil is terrible when hemp would effectively replace most plastic products and is a lot more natural and then maybe it's more weedy so we don't allow marijuana type products to exist exist you know but instead we'll let um monsanto do a lot of corrupt and evil shit however genetically modified food isn't necessarily inherently evil it's just monsanto and other companies are anyway i just i just really like it i like the line i chased jp morg till he gone because morgan chase get it anyway it's fine then uh chuck d comes back accountants being counters lawyers change the planet the workers players and artists go damn it how high you jump for the dollar bust the light it got you trust for the paper right reach for it and i feel like chuck d is really a star of this song just his, his short brevity gives a lot of power then you get the third verse where he keeps it running encore when the bars from god war bombs galore strategic tactician soldiers in the art of war police would fire hoses harming the poor military designated regions in the city part of martial law uh doctors prescribing pills for the non-existing conditions because the pharmaceutical companies are in bed with the physicians so he's basically pointing out more of the corruption in the system in the rest of this verse again really honestly pointing out the flaws of an american world so after a track about who do we trust with some conspiracy style immortal technique printing out a dystopia and then pointing out the bullshit nature of the war machine in the last track it's like doubling and tripling down on the level of depth here that we get from you know the corruption of how the lust for money in america is effectively ran on death it's effectively ran on harming people and brainwashing people and turning people into drug addicts and a lot of other shit in that vein of things and i thought it was truly great truly on point and then i love how chuck d just ends it with money talks but god left the room and that's amazing 
Like God didn't care for your money. He just let you all burn. Anyway, it's just, it's a five on five. It's one of the best songs on the album, in my opinion. Let's move on to a beautiful little interlude, Sean R.I.P. So this track here features Sean Price's daughter, Sean P, as she's credited. It's spelled a little bit different, S-H-A-U-N-P. And it's got the beatboxing from Carnage, the executioner, kind of added in this elevation. And then it's just a little dedication to Sean Price, who is one of the heroes who is dead, I would take from, you know, his purpose here. And it's beautiful. And then his daughter just kicks it. My name is Sean Price. My daddy is Sean Price. His rhymes is cool like a knife. Y'all can't be that nice. He was the best flow spitter, my number one hitter. I'm sad I ain't with you. I love you, P. And then it just samples that a little bit and plays with it. And it's just beautiful. And it's just like his daughter being like, yo, my dad was the shit and y'all fucking suck. But really nice and sweet. Um, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was touching. Uh, it's beautiful. Nothing else to really comment on it. 4.5. It's nice that he tucked it in at the end of the album. Talking a little bit about death, transitioning. Because the last song was also about death in a more macro way. This kind of moves it into death in a more micro way. Like I said, man, the flow of everything is just beautiful. So like if you look at it, John John Skate, you have the birth of his son after the big snatch. The big snatch is a vagina. And he does fucking have a dinosaur baby, uh, dinosaur baby there. Then it rolls into his son and he's kind of like, yo, I'll make a song for you in the future. Then after thinking about his son, it's like, yo, who do we trust? Who's my kid going to grow up in? And he paints a picture of the world. Then the corruption of money following the distrustful nature of the world, following in after the concept of death down to the individual level of death here with sean r.i.p and then we're going to follow into some more personal stories on the next track as we talk about the afterlife this is very beautiful it um features sarah smith who i believe is his sister i i wasn't sure if she was actually in the track in some way like maybe it was her voice in it um also this is produced by the joker I just saw that. The Joker is a fascinating artist who makes some enjoyable music here and there. He beefed with Hobson and Tech 9 for a minute, and then he made a great song kind of resolving everything, and I just kind of fell off and haven't listened to him since. But I've seen his name pop up in the production of a few indie guys, and it's good to see that the Joker's still actually doing shit because I love his production, and I think what he did on this track is one of the better production jobs. It is cheesy, corny. But it adds a level of flair with the triplet-styled flow and the way it's broken and kind of rattles that makes R.A. be able to bounce off of it. And the fact that R.A. rapped fast and hard on this while doing such an emotional track takes it from being the typical level of corny you would expect while exploring something like death and making it actually really just an R.A. version of the song, which I thought was nice. I like the chorus. It's beautiful. Um, I'm going to assume that's Kelly Waters who's singing it. And then he says the rest in peace little sis Sarah Smith and he pretends to like just rap as like it flows into him reminiscing on multiple people who have died and been impactful to him in his life. Like the choir sings the violin strings in Coram Gordon Heights. They say they saw the Lord in lights and heard the church organ pipes me your soul rest. I know your ghost spoke. I felt your cold breath. Is life a gift or is living just dying a slow death? So it's in a sense of just thinking about the kinds of thoughts people all go through, the universality of this, because everybody who's experienced death and is standing there in the funeral home, watching the caskets and all of that bullshit, like you end up thinking and feeling these things. And it's just, he challenges some stuff, man. 
like uh like cause, like just the idea like because then took an angel from the earth too early is his like sister passed as i hold my baby to my chest closely if i die then my son won't get to know me will i see the morning or resist the ending will i live the dance at my daughter's wedding you know now it's like the the way death flips like if i die what's the impact going to be on the people around me that i love which is again so humanizing for the rugged man you know like to hear him come with such emotional content is very exciting for me and so he wants to live better as a result of this to make sure he stays there but then he's like sees half his family in a coffin is vincent healthy is max talking is diana happy is dm walking because it's been tough ever since we lost him the rough climb the deaf dumb blind when we unwind as the sunshine and then it's like just this desire. Let me hear your voice just one time. Are you up there? Give me some sign. So he's thinking about all the different people that he's lost over the course of his life. Um, his family members and just the desire to hear them again. And I kind of get it. I've been so blessed. I've lost like one close family member to me. And that was my grandmother. And even then we hadn't talked a lot in the last decade. But she meant a lot to me. So I wrote a song about her. So I, I kind of get where he's coming from. And just this desire to like. So like know that she heard it and that it meant something to her, but it's too late, you know, and I just can't know. And we're just kind of stuck there anyway. And then it's just the desire to go back to being innocent. And then I like how in the second verse, he's a little more touching on stuff, like looking at the pain of watching, I guess, his other sister lose her child or how like. You know, Vincent had a sickness, wording Hoffman syndrome paralysis, and every other day he'd stop breathing and then coming back on and kept breathing on. And one night his heart stopped and we couldn't save him and he was gone. It never goes away and every day my sister's suffering. I beg you that one day my sister gets to hold her son again. Life is a fraud and tell me where is the final reward? What kind of Lord lets a d child die from a disease in a spinal cord? And then he goes on a little bit more um, and we'll touch on that. But just that powerful thought that like, sometimes life can appear so cruel and painful and it is sometimes hard to accept that god i believe in god personally but god allows all this tragic and dark shit to happen and i'm the kind of person that believes there is in fact a bigger purpose to it and i hope there is but sometimes it's just hard to see it in my little holden perspective anyway and then he starts to like picture heaven i think and he saw like saw eddie and reggie the true g's saw sean and albert the two p's and then i was like oh shit isn't prodigy's name albert and then i realized that sean price and albert johnson also known as prodigy rest in peace and they're up in heaven then the two p's let's get a taste of this better place with no skin color that it was never race where the words are honest and truth were spoken the politicians are fake speech speech where the palestinians and israelis can live together and they make peace and so he's picturing this utopian world and picking some conflicts and situations resolving it where like the core differences that create hate that he's explored in some of the past couple of tracks just no longer exist then you get the chorus and it plays out into an instrumental and i noticed something about the instrumental at the end of this track and it flows into something that is not like the beat of the song it's in fact something that if you were to go right back to the very first track of this album and start playing the introduction you will notice that the way this song ends is done in a way where if you were to loop the album 
it totally gives off the uh, impact of an infinity album which is where the ending of the album finishes in such a way where it just starts the album again allowing for a perfect seamlessness like the last note of the last track just goes perfectly as though it's a, a loop starting again with the first note of the first track of the album and i noticed that y'all can check it out and let me know if you caught that too and i thought that made it really brilliant and i appreciate that so i gave this song a 4.75 for being an exceptionally deep and touching song that i swear makes me want to tear up a little bit as i think about it all right we did it everyone we got through our the rugged man's all my heroes are dead project we done did it i gave this album a 4.63 on 5 it is an absolute classic this is not just to me some timeless sorry this isn't just some modern because of the times thing no it's like an album that touches on humanity with a story of growth Ari the rugged man is one of the best redemption tales of a wild out person who evolved and grew into something super respectable something super powerful something somebody to look up to and i really like that i've looked up to Ari the rugged man for for a few years now and i love the fact that he dropped the how to go from being a degenerate scumbag into a respectable person project right over here for us with all my heroes are dead so while all his heroes are dead he's gonna be the hero for the next group of people is what i took from all of that it's beautiful to me i love this album i love the versatility i love how many styles are dropped i love how many topics are dropped i like it when it takes me like what two to four hours to like fucking do a damn album review when it's multiple like this is good to me there's just so much to talk about and i hope i hope that he gets a lot more love because i'm looking at the play counts on spotify and they're fucking tiny so i'm just gonna hope that like a lot of his fans are like under like just buying the album but even the genius count like they're just it took almost two days to get the lyrics up there have only been 167 clicks to the genius page for the afterlife that's it so maybe not that many people have listened to this project and if that's the case it's a true shame i'd recommend this to anybody this is up there with like royce to five nine now competing for my favorite album this year i'm i'm into it it's recommended anyway thank y'all for watching subscribe to the channel for more reviews hit that like button if you did leave a comment let's have a conversation down there in the comment section special thanks to the patrons ismail katamsi chris prado jonathan barnes dj black hurricane lindo williams and scribble they're dope they support what we do help us evolve and get new shit like this new camera which is not so new anymore but they get to tell us what albums they want to see us review so you can leave the comment request and it'll take a lot longer than the patreon request that they've paid for and i have to do but if you want to see us get to the next level that shit is making a difference man putting it all in a savings account and it's going to help us elevate and upgrade and get the new studios and some shit that we really want to do, like better lighting and cool actual cameras and shit. Anyway, we have plans. If you want to support the dream, help us out. I also make music. I actually spent the better part of today working on my new album, which is called The Alabama Quebec Connect. Currently, you can check out The Alternative Grind over on Spotify. My name is Holden Stefan Roy on Spotify's and shit. So, man, I'm stoked. I got a new single dropping May uh, 13th, and I can't wait for y'all to check that out and let me know what you think. In the meantime, I do have music on this channel. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And it's been a minute. It's been a lot of talking. I got to go pay attention to my girlfriend now. Live long and prosper, everybody.